I think sometimes with scripture, the simplest answer is not always actually the right one or the, uh, the interpretation we might try to make at first blush is inaccurate because you know, we need to, to really understand the context or what the Lord's getting at or what would be consistent with who God is. In other words, we might say of this uh, scripture passage that Jesus is telling us to be like that widow and nag God constantly. Well, how many of us like to have anyone nag us, right? None of us like a, a nag. And even perhaps when we've been one, we can look back and say, gosh, you know, I shouldn't, you know, we, we don't really look back fondly upon it. And because that's because nagging is not really virtuous. Now, in the context of the parable, the point the Lord is getting across or trying to get across is, look, you have a dishonest judge. You have an unethical judge. And what did it take to motivate him to render a just decision for the widow? Well, she had to nag him and nag him and nag him. And he's trying to say, with your heavenly father who loves you, you don't need to nag, but... So in other words, the methodology of nagging is not necessary, but what you do need is the persistence of the widow. That's what he's trying to get across. The persistence. Don't become a nag. I've heard people say this. Well, Father, Jesus says to nag, so I'm just going to keep nagging you. I'm like, oh, that's great. I'm going to keep saying no. <laughs> that's never happened here. It's other churches. It's other churches. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, we've all done it, right? I mean, little kids do it. You know, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there? Can I have it? Can I have it? Can I have it? Can I have it? Trying to wear down their parents. You see it all the time. It happens to you as parents all the time. And you know as a parent, that to give your child everything they want when they ask for it is not good for them. Even if you want to give it to them, even if what they're asking for is maybe a good thing um, or just a, just a positive thing, you know, and, and you'd like to give it to them, you know to give them everything they want immediately when they ask for it is not good for them. It'll spoil them. It'll ruin them. And kids, this is one of the reasons you might, because I know, right? Kids will ask, well, why can't I have that? It's a good thing. Because it's not good for you to get what you want when you want. It's just not. And kids, you even know other kids in your class who probably you're like, I'll bet they get what they want every time they want it. And if you don't know anybody in your class like that, it's probably because it's you. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just joking. But we, we can see that kind of in other people. Well, a lot of times, vice, right? We can see it in other people. It's harder to see in us, um, in ourselves. But, um, you know, it should be cautionary when we see it in somebody else because that may be something we also need to, to look at internally. But um, so if for our children, we recognize that it's not good to give them what they want as soon as they ask, it's not good for the human condition, how could that be good for, from God's perspective as well? So in a spiritual reality, it wouldn't be good for us to get what we want as soon as we ask and right away, every time we ask for it. Well, God, I want this. Poof, it's there. Well, God, I want this. Poof, it's there. Now, there's a few reasons for that, why it's not good for us. But, but one of the things that the church does teach is in the Catechism, First Commandment, it says to treat God in this fashion to treat prayer in this fashion is actually a sin. 
Because what we're doing is we're treating gods as a means to an end, as opposed to the end itself, right? As opposed to treating God as a subject. John Paul II said of this, to use somebody as an object or a means to an end is actually the opposite of love. We think of the opposite of love as to hate. Is to hate. He said to, to use somebody is really the opposite of loving them because you're using them as an object. You're using them to just get something back. And you, you can see how that plays out in relationships. It's not a healthy relationship with your spouse or with a friend if you're merely using them for what you can get out of them. It's not healthy. It's not good. It's a toxic relationship. And if we're doing that, we, we ought to stop it and improve our relationship or we deserve to get out of the relationship or them to get out of it with us. It's just not a good relationship. So to use God in this fashion, to only see prayer as, okay, I'm gonna pray until I get what I want. That's not what he's after. That's not what he wants from prayer. If that's what he wanted, he sure would say yes more often and he doesn't, right? We know that from prayer because there's so many of us who will say, does prayer really, I don't know, does it work? Is it effective? So often I've prayed for things and I, they haven't been granted. And I don't mean in even just simple things. I mean in difficult, difficult things. Loved ones are, are dying and we're praying for their health. And they still die. And, uh, you know, friends or family members are going through a really difficult time and we pray for them and it doesn't seem like it's getting any better. And I think we rightly, as human beings, ask, does this matter? Why am I praying in the first place if God isn't going to... I mean, it'd be nice for him to throw me a bone once in a while. I mean, you know, having a serious prayer answered once in a while. How does Green Bay lose to the, to the Giants? <laughs> and they're tied with the Jets right now. I'm just, I'm really frustrated. I'm talking about serious things. A little levity. Um... But, you know, we go back to the really serious things which break our hearts. They break our hearts, and, and we wonder, where is God? And I think, it's, I think we're right to wonder. I think it's okay. But we have to try to figure out maybe what is God up to? What does he want? Because the prayer doesn't really benefit him. So the prayer is really for us. And what is he looking for, though? Well, he's looking for more than just to be treating him like a Pez dispenser, just getting, you know, a gumball machine. You put in the money and you get your, your reward. He wants a relationship. That's what he wants. That's why he's saying, remain steadfast. That's why he's saying, pray, pray without growing weary, because it's about the relationship. He did not become man to fix all of our problems. That's obvious from the scriptures. He fixed some problems, he healed some people, and then he got upset about them continuing to ask him for signs and miracles. And the reason he got upset about it, he got perturbed. We hear it, it even says, Jesus became perturbed. The reason why is because he didn't come to fix all of our ills temporally. He didn't come to fix everything that's wrong with us temporally. He came to save us. He came to die on the cross for our salvation so that eternally 
all of the problems would be fixed. But in this life, God has destined it to be difficult. And even when he sent his son, his son didn't avoid the difficulty, but entered into it and showed us that the difficulty is not the end, but it's part of the process. The part of the process that gets us to redemption. There's nothing good, really, in this life that doesn't take a lot of time and work to achieve. And this is one of the lessons we, we of course, we want to learn it, you know, for, uh, uh, for, for ourselves as well as for our children. That, you know, you think about something, you know, I, I reference sports, which I do often, but there's a value in sports, right? One of the values, there's a number of them, but one of the values is like anything, sports or music or any kind of pursuit like that, academics, is that working hard brings achievement. But achievement rarely comes without working hard. Rarely. You don't become good at a sport without working and working and working and with time. Hard work and time. Some people ask me, well, Father, how did you learn all that stuff about theology? Work and time. How did you learn how to play the piano? Work and time. Think of the things that you're good at in life. You're, you're also very talented in many different things. It's the same recipe. You know, of course, there's got to be a desire, but, you know, you're going to give it up and find something you like better if, if, if it's not hitting you. But, but ultimately, everything good takes work and time. Why should it be any different for our spirituality? Work and time. So prayer is hard work, and it's supposed to be. And it takes time. God is not up there just waiting for us to say the right particular prayer, the right novena, the right, you know, uh, formulation of prayers, and then like magic, he's going to grant it. That's not what God is looking to do. He's looking for us to develop a relationship. And we're just starting that relationship now. We're just at the, all of us are at the very beginnings of that relationship. We have eternity with God. We're at the beginning. And so the Lord wants us to learn some things about relationship, work, and time. Please stand.